Part 7 of Chapter 6 of Pilot's Handbook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stefan Schweiger. Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge by the FAA. Part 7. Hydraulic Systems. There are multiple applications for hydraulic use in aircraft, depending on the complexity of the aircraft. For example, Hydraulics is often used on small airplanes to operate wheel brakes, retractable landing gear, and some constant speed propellers. On large airplanes, hydraulics is used for flight control systems, wing flaps, spoilers, and other systems. A basic hydraulic system consists of a reservoir, pump, either hand, electric, or engine-driven, a filter to keep the fluid clean, selector valve to control the direction of flow, relief valve to relieve excess pressure, and an actuator. See figure 6-36. The hydraulic fluid is pumped through the system to an actuator or servo. A servo is a cylinder with a piston inside that turns fluid power into work and creates the power needed to move an aircraft system or flight control. Servos can be either single acting or double acting based on the needs of the system. This means that the fluid can be applied to one or both sides of the servo depending on the servo type. A single acting servo provides power in one direction. The selector valve allows the fluid direction to be controlled. This is necessary for operations such as the extension and retraction of landing gear during which the fluid must work in two different directions. The relief valve provides an outlet for the system in the event of excess fluid pressure in the system. Each system incorporates different components to meet the individual needs of different aircraft. A mineral-based hydraulic fluid is the most widely used type for small aircraft. This type of hydraulic fluid, a kerosene-like petroleum product, has good lubricating properties as well as additives to inhibit foaming and prevent the formation of corrosion. It is chemically stable, has very little viscosity change with temperature, and is dyed for identification. Since several types of hydraulic fluids are commonly used, an aircraft must be serviced with the type specified by the manufacturer. Refer to the AFM POH or the maintenance manual. Landing gear. The landing gear forms the principal support of an aircraft on the surface. The most common type of landing gear consists of wheels, but aircraft can be equipped with floats for water operations or skis for landing on snow. See figure 6-37. The landing gear on small aircraft consists of three wheels. Two main wheels, one located on each side of the fuselage, and a third wheel positioned at either the front or the rear of the airplane. Landing gear employing a rear-mounted wheel is called conventional landing gear. Airplanes with conventional landing gear are often referred to as tailwheel airplanes. When the third wheel is located on the nose, it is called a nose wheel, and the design is referred to as a tricycle gear. A steerable nose wheel or tailwheel permits the airplane to be controlled throughout all operations while on the ground. Tricycle Landing Gear Airplanes A tricycle gear airplane has three advantages. 1. It allows more forceful application of the brakes during landings at high speeds without causing the aircraft to nose over. 2. It permits better forward visibility for the pilot during takeoff, landing, and taxiing. 3. It tends to prevent ground looping, or swerving, by providing more directional stability during ground operations since the aircraft center of gravity, CG, is forward of the main wheels. The forward CG keeps the aircraft moving forward in a straight line rather than ground looping. 
Nose wheels are either steerable or castering. Steerable nose wheels are linked to the rudders by cables or rods, while castering nose wheels are free to swivel. In both cases, the aircraft is steering using the rudder pedals. Aircraft with a castering nose wheel may require the pilot to combine the use of the rudder pedals with independent use of the brakes. Tailwheel Landing Gear Airplanes Tailwheel landing gear aircraft have two main wheels attached to the airframe ahead of its CG that support most of the weight of the structure. A tailwheel at the very back of the fuselage provides a third point of support. This arrangement allows adequate ground clearance for a larger propeller and is more desirable for operations on unimproved fields. See figure 6-38. With the CG located behind the main gear, directional control of this type aircraft becomes more difficult while on the ground. This is the main disadvantage of the tailwheel landing gear. For example, if the pilot allows the aircraft to swerve while rolling on the ground at a low speed, he or she may not have sufficient rudder control and the CG will attempt to get ahead of the main gear, which may cause the airplane to ground loop. Lack of good forward visibility when the tailwheel is on or near the ground is a second disadvantage of tailwheel landing gear aircraft. These inherent problems mean specific training is required in tailwheel aircraft. Fixed and retractable landing gear. Landing gear can also be classified as either fixed or retractable. A fixed gear always remains extended and has the advantage of simplicity combined with low maintenance. A retractable gear is designed to streamline the airplane by allowing the landing gear to be stowed inside the structure during cruising flight. See figure 6-39. Brakes. Airplane brakes are located on the main wheels and are applied by either a hand control or by foot pedals, toe or heel. Foot pedals operate independently and allow for differential braking. During ground operations, differential braking can supplement nose wheel slash tailwheel steering. Pressurized aircraft. Aircraft are flown at high altitudes for two reasons. First, an aircraft flown at high altitude consumes less fuel for a given airspeed than it does for the same speed at a lower altitude because the aircraft is more efficient at a high altitude. Second, bad weather and turbulence may be avoided by flying in relatively smooth air above the storms. Many modern aircraft are designed to operate at high altitudes, taking advantage of that environment. In order to fly at higher altitudes, the aircraft must be pressurized. It is important for pilots who fly these aircraft to be familiar with the basic operating principles. In a typical pressurization system, the cabin, flight compartment, and baggage compartments are incorporated in a sealed unit capable of containing air under a pressure higher than outside atmospheric pressure. On aircraft powered by turbine engines, bleed air from the engine compressor section is used to pressurize the cabin. Superchargers may be used on older model turbine-powered aircraft to pump air into the sealed fuselage. Piston-powered aircraft may use air supplied from each engine turbocharger through a sonic venturi, or flow limiter. Air is released from the fuselage by a device called an outflow valve. By regulating the air exit, the outflow valve allows for a constant inflow of air to the pressurized area. See figure 6-40. A cabin pressurization system typically maintains a cabin pressure altitude of approximately 8,000 feet at the maximum designed cruising altitude of an aircraft. This prevents rapid changes of cabin altitude that may be uncomfortable or cause injury to passengers and crew. In addition, 
The pressurization system permits a reasonably fast exchange of air from the inside to the outside of the cabin. This is necessary to eliminate odors and to remove stale air. See figure 6-41. Pressurization of the aircraft cabin is an accepted method of protecting occupants against the effects of hypoxia. Within a pressurized cabin, occupants can be transported comfortably and safely for long periods of time, particularly if the cabin altitude is maintained at 8,000 feet or below, where the use of oxygen equipment is not required. The flight crew in this type of aircraft must be aware of the danger of accidental loss of cabin pressure and be prepared to deal with such an emergency whenever it occurs. The following terms will aid in understanding the operating principles of pressurization and air conditioning systems. Aircraft altitude, the actual height above sea level at which the aircraft is flying. Ambient temperature, the temperature in the area immediately surrounding the aircraft. Ambient pressure, pressure in the area immediately surrounding the aircraft. Cabin altitude, cabin pressure in terms of equivalent altitude above sea level. Differential pressure, the difference in pressure between the pressure acting on one side of a wall and the pressure acting on the other side of the wall. In aircraft air conditioning and pressurizing systems, it is the difference between cabin pressure and atmospheric pressure. The cabin pressure control system provides cabin pressure regulation, pressure relief, vacuum relief, and the means for selecting the desired cabin altitude in the isobaric and differential range. In addition, dumping of the cabin pressure is a function of the pressure control system. A cabin pressure regulator, an outflow valve, and a safety valve are used to accomplish these functions. The cabin pressure regulator controls cabin pressure to a selected valve in the isobaric range and limits cabin pressure to a preset differential value in the differential range. When an aircraft reaches the altitude at which the difference between the pressure inside and outside the cabin is equal to the highest differential pressure from which the fuselage structure is designed, a further increase in aircraft altitude will result in a corresponding increase in cabin altitude. Differential control is used to prevent the maximum differential pressure for which the fuselage was designed from being exceeded. This differential pressure is determined by the structural strength of the cabin and is often by the relationship of the cabin size to the probable areas of rupture, such as window areas and doors. The cabin air pressure safety valve is a combination pressure relief, vacuum relief, and dump valve. The pressure relief valve prevents cabin pressure from exceeding a predetermined differential pressure above ambient pressure. The vacuum relief prevents ambient pressure from exceeding cabin pressure by allowing external air to enter the cabin when ambient pressure exceeds cabin pressure. The flight deck control switch actuates the dump valve. When this switch is positioned to ram, a solenoid valve opens, causing the valve to dump cabin air to atmosphere. The degree of pressurization and the operating altitude of the aircraft are limited by several critical design factors. Primarily, the fuselage is designed to withstand a particular maximum cabin differential pressure. Several instruments are used in conjunction with the pressurization controller. The cabin differential pressure gauge indicates the difference between inside and outside pressure. This gauge should be monitored to assure that the cabin does not exceed the maximum allowable differential pressure. A cabin altimeter is provided as a check on the performance of the system. In some cases, these two instruments are combined into one. A third instrument indicates the cabin rate of climb or descent. A cabin rate of climb instrument 
and a cabin altimeter are illustrated in figure 6-42. Decompression is defined as the inability of the aircraft's pressurization system to maintain its design pressure differential. This can be caused by a malfunction in the pressurization system or structural damage to the aircraft. Physiologically, decompressions fall into two categories. Explosive decompression, a change in cabin pressure faster than the lungs can decompress, possibly causing lung damage. Normally, the time required to release air from the lungs without restrictions, such as masks, is 0.2 seconds. Most authorities consider any decompression that occurs in less than 0.5 seconds to be explosive and potentially dangerous. Rapid decompression a change in cabin pressure in which the lungs decompress faster than the cabin, resulting in no likelihood of lung damage. During an explosive decompression, there may be noise, and one may feel dazed for a moment. The cabin air fills with fog, dust, or flying debris. Fog occurs due to the rapid drop in temperature and the change in relative humidity. Normally, the ears clear automatically. Air rushes from the mouth and the nose due to the escape of air from the lungs, and may be noticed by some individuals. Rapid decompression decreases the period of useful consciousness because oxygen in the lungs is exhaled rapidly, reducing pressure on the body. This decreases the partial pressure of the oxygen in the blood and reduces the pilot's effective performance time by one-third to one-fourth of its normal time. For this reason, an oxygen mask should be worn when flying at very high altitudes, 35,000 feet or higher. It is recommended that the crew members select the 100% oxygen setting on the oxygen regulator at high altitude if the aircraft is equipped with a demand or pressure demand oxygen system. The primary danger of decompression is hypoxia. Quick, proper utilization of oxygen equipment is necessary to avoid unconsciousness. Another potential danger that pilots, crew, and passengers face during high altitude decompressions is evolved gas decompression sickness. This occurs when the pressure on the body drops sufficiently, nitrogen comes out of solution, and forms bubbles that can have adverse effects on some body tissues. Decompression caused by structural damage to the aircraft presents another type of danger to the pilots, crew, and passengers, being tossed or blown out of the aircraft if they are located near openings. Individuals near openings should wear safety harnesses or seatbelts at all times when the aircraft is pressurized and they are seated. Structural damage also has potential to expose them to wind blasts and extremely cold temperatures. Rapid descent from altitude is necessary if these problems are to be minimized. Automatic visual and oral warning systems are included in the equipment of all pressurized aircraft. End of Part 7 of Chapter 6